Listening to nothing but the best of internet marketing talk, then you're listening to the David Conley Show. And here's your host, David Conley. Hello there, and welcome. It's so good to be back again, back here in the land of the living and back in full formation. I've been away for, well, quite some time, um, with good reason, I have to say, with very good reason. But I'm so excited to be back here. It's such a pleasure and a privilege. This show is all going to be on the subject of web development. Now, normally I talk about internet marketing and I interview internet marketing experts and people who know what they're talking about. But actually, I am a web developer. It's what I do for a living. And if you're trying to earn any kind of a living via the web, and you're serious about what you're doing, then the chances are that at some point you will, you know, have to deal with the world of web development. If you are a web developer, I hope you'll find this show somewhat useful. And if you're not interested in web development, then what I'm about to talk about is going to potentially, potentially be one of the most important items of information that ye shall have this week (laughs) Um, because there's some things that we really have to talk about as far as web development goes. Now, um, web development, just in case you didn't know, is not to be mistaken with web design. Web design or website design is basically the process of designing websites and Uh, hopefully designing websites which look nice and make people want to buy stuff. Web design's kind of like almost like an artistic uh, process. Web development on the other hand is not really to do with the whole artistic side of things. Web development is all to do with building web applications. So I, for rather a long time, have been building web applications for a living. I build uh, things like online shops, discussion forums, invoice systems, and basically any any kind of system for managing, you know, business on the web. This is what we web developers are interested in. Now. Um, there's a book that's been did you see how high I went there's a book I can't do that again if I try there's a book anyway, I'm sorry there's a book that's been written by Bill Gates called Business at the Speed of Thought and um, it's worth a look it's a kind of a thick book in it there's a lot in it but even if you just check out the first, say, third of it, you'll get the general vibe. And what Bill Gates allegedly says in that book, I say the word allegedly because I have heard rumours of there being a ghostwriter involved in that particular book. But in any event, what gets said in that book is that the businesses who are going to succeed in the future are all going to have what he calls a digital nervous system. 
a digital nervous system is kind of like the holy grail of IT. Imagine being able to, you know, just sit perhaps strapped to a chair or a bed, whichever turns you on the most, and maybe you just kind of like wink or something like that. And when you do that, all sorts of IT systems spring into action and, uh, you know, things happen. That's kind of what, that's what the holy grail of IT is, okay? We're all trying very hard to build systems that can deal with all the things that need to happen in business. Um, now, the building an entire business that has a kind of digital nervous system is very, very difficult. In fact, I'm not aware of any business anywhere which has managed to pull this off. Even my own business, I haven't managed to pull that off. But the idea of having a business where everything, the accounts, the invoices, the sales stuff, the website, the lead management, the to-do list, you name it. The idea of having a system where everything all happens on the web or in some sort of IT system, it really is the holy grail and that's what we're aspiring to here. Now, um, a lot of people in business are aware of this, it's no great revelation. And when you're dealing with people uh, week on week, like I am, who are in business and they employ people and they're, you know, the movers and shakers, well, one of the things that they seem to be very, very focused on is IT systems. So I'm always talking to managers and directors and they love talking about IT systems and we talk about IT systems and we can get you know, really into this stuff. But there is a big problem, you know, in the world of web development and the world of IT systems. And as far as I can tell, not enough people are talking about it. And I'll tell you how it all goes. Stick with me. Now, when you've been in this game, as long as I have, you notice that certain technologies come and go. Folks, I've been a professional website guy since 1997. So I've been doing this, I, actually I think I've been doing web development since before the phrase existed. And the funny thing is, is when you've been in this game as long as I have, you notice that certain technologies come and go, you know. Uh, there's always movement as far as technology goes. Right now, for example, we're seeing, I think we're beginning to see the beginning of the end of Flash. You know, the technology Flash. It seems to be getting phased out. Uh, that may be understating it. I think it is getting phased out. And as I say, there's, a, there's this sort of natural movement of technologies that, that goes on. Now, back in 2003, I remember that the web development world was dominated by languages like ASP, which was being taught in all the unis, and uh, you know languages like Perl, and other languages that, you know, throw some letters together and you'll have the name of the language, you know. Um, and I can remember hearing about this 
new technology, relatively new at least, called PHP. Uh, and I, I remember thinking, yeah, this, this sounds quite cool. And when I started to look at the statistics and all of that stuff, I noticed that PHP was faster than the other technologies that were out there. It seemed to be more reliable. And what was really super cool is that it was open source, which basically means that uh, you could use it free of charge and get it working on servers free of charge without having to, for example, pay Microsoft for licenses. Now, part of the trick of being a kind of professional IT guy is to be able to go to the IT casino and pick the technologies that are going to be around for a while. And do you know what I mean? I mean, if, if you decided to be a programmer, for example, well, you've got, think of all the languages, C, C++, C Sharp, Comal, Pascal, Fortran, you know, ABC. There's, there's, so, there's so many languages, JSP, jQuery, JavaScript. Where on earth do you start? And it's a very important decision because a lot of people, they choose a technology, they learn it, and then the technology gets phased out. Now, fortunately, I've kind of been quite lucky at the IT casino. I'm good at spotting technologies and saying, right, that technology is going to be around for a while. And I'm pretty good at choosing the winners, which is one of the reasons why I've been doing this for so long, I think. You know, I'm just good at picking good technologies. So back in 2003, I heard about PHP and I was really impressed with it. And even though all the unis were teaching ASP and everyone was talking about Perl and all sorts of other languages, I could see the benefits of PHP and I decided to learn it. So as far as I'm aware, I became one of the very first commercial PHP developers in the UK. Now, if you Google PHP, you'll probably find that it came out, I think it was 1998 or 1999. But take it from me, it didn't really appear on the scene at all until about 2003-2004. Before then, it was a real kind of minority language. Now, it turns out that I was right. PHP, sure enough, was faster, was more reliable, and it turned out to be a pretty super cool way of building web applications. And now, today, um, PHP is the most popular scripting language on the web. That means that if you go to a website like this one you're on just now, or an online shop, a discussion forum, or any site with any sort of, you know, kind of coding action going on, the overwhelming chances are that it's driven by PHP. Um, and as for like ASP and Perl and the other technologies I mentioned, they've now been phased out. And the funny thing is, you know, I, I, I actually don't have any formal computing qualifications uh, at all. But strangely enough, um, Last year I was approached by a local university and I've been training up one of their lecturers on PHP. It's kind of bizarre. 
But that's what I've been paid to do and finally, finally, the universities and what have you seem to be acknowledging that PHP is the way to go. Anyway, that's all very well. But of course there is a problem, well not of course, there is a problem. And I'm going to talk about this, this is really for anyone who is thinking about building some sort of fancy dynamic website. There are a team of rowdy drunks outside, I'll let them pass. I think they have passed, okay. You can tell, <laughs> you can tell I'm uh, broadcasting from Glasgow here. Anyway, PHP, right, there's a thing going on in the PHP world which I call the cycle of death. I just made that phrase up actually, but I think it sounds super cool. And here is how it works. If you hire a web developer, if you're thinking of hiring a web developer, this is so critical to get this, okay? The cycle of death goes like this. Acme Limited, I don't know, some company decide we need a really super duper website and we are going to build that website and conquer the world. And what happens is, is Acme Widgets Limited or whatever, they hire a web developer and the web developer uh, seems like a very knowledgeable and kind of honest character uh, seems to know what he's talking about so they, they hire a web developer normally a, let's say a PHP developer and then over the course of the next say six months or the next year maybe the next couple of years that developer builds an entire online business and the entire business revolves around this system. Now this cycle of death is happening everywhere and here is a news flash people, I have been the developer, I've been that developer, okay? So you head into the company and you build all of these IT systems, you know, lead management systems, invoice systems, the website, the order tracking, you name it, and you build it all. And then what happens is, is a couple of years down the line, something happens and the web developer leaves. The web developer might leave because they've had an offer from elsewhere. The web developer might say to themselves, hang on, I've just built this entire system and the whole business is running off it. Why can't I get a share of the business? And you know, there's, there's cases where web developers hold uh, company owners to ransom. There's, there's, there's all sorts of horror stories, you know, and there's, I actually sympathize with the web developers a lot of the time because I, I think that if a web developer does build an entire business from scratch, and let's say turns that business into a multi-million pound per year empire, I think the developer probably has got a legitimate case for saying, well, come on guys, you know, cut me some slack here. Let me, let me turn up five minutes late in the morning, will ya? <laughs> anyway, so what happens, like I say, it's the cycle of death, okay, and I'm just letting you know about this. So the web developers generally build these systems and then they move on. They may move on after six months, couple of years, whatever, 
but it's very hard to keep hold of web developers for long, long periods of time. Now, after the web developer leaves, the company naturally says, well, the site was built in PHP, let's hire another PHP guy. And they'll put adverts out and maybe put ads in the local paper and what have you. And uh, before long, they hire another PHP guy. And then what happens is the PHP guy comes in and looks at all of the code and says, what in the name of Sam's hell is going on here? Because the developers look at the code and they're like, this is crazy. That last developer you had must have been dropped. This is the worst code I have ever seen in my life. So web developer number two comes along and says, I can't work with this code. It's, it's a horrendous nightmare. And um, I blame the first developer. What a rubbish developer he was. It's going to take me at least six months, maybe even a year to unfangle all of this rubbish. But, well, at least I'm here and I'm going to get you back on track again. We got rid of that last rubbish developer. Boo! Let's sort it out. So the second web developer takes about six months to a year kind of undoing everything and rebuilding everything and trying to figure out how this rat's maze of code was put together. And eventually, after a lot of time has passed and a lot of money has changed hands, guess what happens? The second web developer leaves. You see, folks, I've got to tell you something about web developers. I am a web developer, you know. And we're kind of an arrogant bunch, the good ones anyway. We sometimes have a habit of building websites and seeing sites doing really well. And we like to say to ourselves, yeah, that was me, <laughs> you know. So uh, web developers, at least the web developers I've worked with, I've worked with lots of them, they have a kind of... I guess I could positively say an entrepreneurial streak in them, but I could probably negatively say they don't like uh, people bossing them around, you know? Put it in any way you want, but that's web developers. So uh, the second web developer is going to leave soon. So then they get the third web developer in. Guess what the third web developer says? That's right. They say, this code is absolutely horrendous. That last web developer you had was just the worst web developer in the universe. But luckily for you guys, I'm the best web developer. Oh, I've been, I, I use all the official ways of programming and all that stuff. And I'm going to come in here and I'm going to clean up this site. It will take me about six months to a year, mind you, to learn what's happened and to unfangle it and all of that. But don't you worry, just you give me some time, we'll be just fine. So web developer number three comes in and then eventually, of course, the honeymoon period ends, the systems get rebuilt, web developer number three leaves and then web developer, you know, you know where we're going, web developer four comes in. Folks, this is the cycle of death, but it's not quite the full cycle because there's a finish uh, point of the cycle which I'm going to tell you about. 
What happens? Now, this cycle of death, folks, let me tell you, this is happening everywhere. I can give you names and addresses of companies who are going under because of what I'm talking about. And let me tell you, they're not sweetie shops. Some of these companies are big companies. They're big, you know, nationwide companies with lots of employees and they are on the verge of going under because what I'm talking about. This is serious, you know. Forget about your recession. Let's talk about the IT cycle of death. So what's happening is, is by about the third or fourth developer, the company says, oh, this is just not working at all. These web developers, man, they're so expensive and they're so full of themselves and they, you know, they... I was about to say they can't agree on the colour of something, but we'll keep this very reasonable. And um, eventually, of course, the business owners say to themselves, right, this is just hopeless. Let's just outsource. So then they basically outsource and they'll sometimes find some overseas company or something and they'll think, hey, this is a no-brainer because it's cheap and it's outsourced and hey at least we don't have to pay for somebody going on holiday and then they outsource and then that's when the problems really start because everything breaks generally and uh, the technical support breaks down and things really really start falling to pieces and then last part or second last part of the IT cycle of death the business owners eventually say well do you know what we don't really need a web developer. Let's just kind of leave it as it is. I mean, everything kind of seems to be working. Let's just leave everything as it is and, well, let's just hope it doesn't break. Now, that sounds total madness, you know, just the idea of people in business being stuck with these big, ugly systems and nobody knows how the thing works and nobody even knows what's holding it together. But Nevertheless, it's keeping an entire business afloat. It sounds like craziness, but I'm here to tell you today, people, it is happening everywhere and it's happening on a grand scale. I know businesses, and I'm not going to give out their names and address or anything like that, but trust me on this, um, I know businesses, I know these people in first name terms, and they're actually you know, they're knocking on death's door and some of them don't even know it. So they're going along and they have no IT uh, support at all. And they're stuck with these esoteric systems that nobody knows how it works. And it's basically just, you know, a house of cards waiting to collapse. And of course, there are businesses which have gone under because of this. Folks, you have just been told about the IT cycle of death. Now, I have noticed that this uh, cycle is particularly prevalent within the world of PHP. It seems to happen, um, actually, almost everywhere I go, I can see this cycle happening all over the business world when I see people using PHP. I can only think of a few exceptions where companies seem to have this stuff figured out but when I visit clients places and when I go around here there and everywhere 
and you check out how the whole IT department is just this shambles, you know, just a kind of conveyor belt of web people. It really is quite unbelievable. Folks, the cycle of death is everywhere. And if you have a website, particularly a PHP website, and if you have a web developer or you're thinking of hiring a web developer, if you're thinking of getting a PHP website or any sort of dynamic site, we need to acknowledge that this cycle of death is there and we need to find ways of dealing with the cycle of death. And I, now that you know actually what the problem is, I'm going to give you the solution. Yes, 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 I'm going to give you the solution. In order to give you the solution, of course, I have to give you just a, there's an ambulance going past, I think. I'm outside uh, my kind of office here's across the road from a hospital, so you'll hear that from time to time. Anyway, I have to go back a wee bit and just give you, talk a wee bit about the nature of PHP and the three different PHP factions. Now, I'm assuming that you're probably not interested in web development, and maybe you're not a web developer, but hang tough with me because you need to know this stuff. This is kind of important, okay? And you'll see that in just a second. Now, so I'm going to talk about the three factions of PHP um, development. I have incidentally uh, been in two of those factions. You'll see what I mean in a second. Now, the when PHP first came along, when guys like me were learning it, there there wasn't any universities anywhere in the world, as far as I can tell, that were teaching PHP. The only way you could learn PHP was from books. Uh, and from going to online discussion forums and basically from just, you know, scratching around the hen house. So the first generation of PHP programmers, that's guys like me, we, we were using what I would call hippie commune PHP. And the reason I use the phrase hippie commune PHP is because the way we were coding was just a big free-for-all, you know. We'd start off with our books and we would we would be writing hello world on the screen. We'd be like, yeah, this is cool. And then we'd build on it and we gradually we would figure out how to build online shops and all that. And personally speaking, um, I've, I've personally built like credit card processing facilities and all sorts of heavy stuff. I've even worked for the cops, um, IT division, and all the while I was using hippie commune PHP. That means it, that, you know, none of it really had any real structure or anything. It was just me winging it, you know, and I was the only person in the world who could probably make any sense of what I was doing. I was the only person who used this style. Now, I wasn't alone with the hippie commune PHP. Pretty much the whole PHP community was like that. Uh, certainly before PHP became object-oriented, which I don't want to go into. So there was this big kind of free-for-all and it was all a bit shambolic. And there were some of us in the PHP world who liked to think that we were quite good at what we were doing. 
Um, but the truth of the matter is, when when we had other people looking at what we'd built, other developers, they couldn't make sense of it. And I couldn't make sense of anyone else's stuff and everything was just chaos, you know, chaos. So this is the first PHP faction that you need to be aware of. Let's call it Hippie Commune PHP. Like I say, this is this is the category of people who have learned PHP by themselves. They've probably learned it from books and forums and stuff. These days you can learn from YouTube and they'll start usually from the ground up. They'll be self-taught and sure, they'll do some pretty uh, nice tricks and stuff. But for the most part, it, they end up doing their own systems and no one can understand it. I have been in that category for rather a long time actually. And I would say that the vast majority of PHP web developers still fall into this category. I don't have any concrete statistics, but I wouldn't be surprised if about 70% of PHP developers fall into the category of hippie commune web development. I have um, Two friends, I have three close friends who are web developers, two of whom have their own web development companies. Now, the two who have their own web development companies, they are hippie commune. And if they're listening to this, guys, I'm sorry for the phrase, but you just are, you know? And they would be the first to admit that the only people who use their particular style of coding can you handle what I'm saying. Now, I've actually met hippie commune PHP programmers who brag about the fact that nobody can understand their code. They see it as being a kind of security blanket, you know, yeah, nobody's going to fire me. If that client doesn't pay me, then I'm just going to push this button and the whole thing goes down. I've had these conversations, you know. Now, Quick question for you, if you are hiring a web developer, let's say a PHP developer, do you think it would be a good idea to hire a hippie commune web developer? The answer you're looking for is no, it would be dodgy because if anything happens to that web developer, you've had it. You know, if that web developer decides to leave or get struck by lightning or anything at all happens, you have had it. Now, the PHP world, um, excuse me, there's a few folks outside. I'm going to let them pass again. Do you know I'm literally in a shop here, folks? It's actually, as far as I'm aware, this is one of the very few web development shops in the world. If you check it out on Google Maps, it's a wee tiny humble shop I'm in and it says CD duplication on the sign and stuff. But that was a few years ago. If you see it now, it's like it says web development and I'm in a wee shop here. I, I really do this for a living, you know? Anyway, um, you know, with the world of technology, things move on and uh, technology moves on and people love nothing more than to just press a button and to have things working. It's kind of nice, you know? So that's kind of what's happened in the world of PHP, which leads me to the second faction. 
You see, in the world of PHP, there's these kind of, I guess you could call them systems, which make the whole web building process really, really easy. Now, if you go to the site, for example, David, at this site, dcradionetwork.com, my site that I'm on just now, how would you react if I told you that that site took me about half an hour to build? And the reason it took half an hour is because it was built using a system called WordPress. Now, WordPress is a system you can install it. A lot of web hosts have features so you can install it in just a few clicks and you basically pick a design, you point, you click, da-da-da-da-da, upload your logo, and hey presto, you've got a website. And it's a website with a database and all sorts of cool things. This particular website, which I'm using, dcradionetwork.com, it has a cool wee kind of player thing, and here I am talking, and you can hear it. So WordPress sites are kind of cool. I have one myself. This, as I say, I'm on one just now. And there's other systems like that. And they have interesting names like Joomla and Drupal. So if you ever hear anyone talking about a WordPress website or a Drupal website or a Joomla website, they're talking about a website that's kind of like plug and play, you know. Um, as I say, you just download the application that's free of charge. You install it in a few clicks and hey presto, you have a website. And the cool thing about sites like that is that supposing you want to add a, an online discussion forum or some kind of feature, maybe a calendar or something like that. Well, instead of having to write all of the code out for that, you can just go to the kind of libraries and what have you, go to the, the WordPress website or whatever, and you can search for a calendar plugin, and in just a few minutes, you can download a fully functional calendar shop chat room or whatever you're into how awesome is that it's pretty cool so the whole kind of um wordpress drupal joomla i think you know there's a few others but those are the main ones um that entire kind of spectrum of stuff is really appealing to a lot of businesses because well, it seems kind of logical. You can plug and play. You get out of the starting blocks quickly. Uh, and WordPress websites are normally either free of charge or very, very cheap. Today, I had a meeting with someone um, in a hotel. <laughs> it sounds dodgy in a hotel. There's nothing dodgy going on, okay? Uh, I met someone and uh, he has a WordPress website and it's a very impressive website i have to say it's a good website but the whole site i believe just cost them two or three hundred pounds to actually buy the main plugin that makes the site do what it does no names to protect the innocent no names to protect the innocent anyway if he's listening he's a cool guy and uh, it's a cool site now so far i'm making that option sound good right but there are a couple of challenges with that option. And one of the, well, I'll give you two challenges uh, just to kick things off. One of the challenges 
is that WordPress websites, Joomla websites, and especially Drupal websites, I've done, uh, I've developed on all of those at some point, but especially Drupal ones, they are extremely slow, at least the ones I've dealt with. The pages seem to take a while to load, and when you view the source code, I don't want to get geeky, but when you on Internet Explorer, right-click and view source. Sometimes the source code isn't really that great as far as I can tell, and they're just, uh, to use a wee bit of text speak, they seem to be a wee bit bloated, you know? Now, right now you're listening to a guy who is a web developer, but strangely, I make most of my money from search engine optimization. So most of the income that I have is from people who hire me to get them to the top of Google. That's how I make a living. Now, if anyone was to hire me and they had a WordPress website or a Drupal or a Joomla, we would have a big problem because those sites are just a wee bit on the slow side. They're pretty cool sites, you know. Like I say, I have one myself. But it's not going to set the world on fire as far as things like search engine optimization goes on because in the SEO community there appears to be unanimous agreement that the speed at which websites load is important and so is the source code and all of that stuff. So that's a challenge. The second challenge with the whole kind of WordPress, Joomla, Drupal way of doing things is that Whilst you can bolt things on easily, let's say, for example, a calendar. Well, you can bolt that on in a couple of minutes, a calendar, right? But if you want to customize that calendar, let's say you want it to somehow link in with an online shop or something like that, then the actual process of manipulating the individual modules is very difficult. Uh, in fact, the code itself is sometimes horrendous. I, I've, you know, I've, just today I was looking at some WordPress code and for constructing modules, and and it it really wasn't nice code. It's just not pleasant to work with. Drupal is even worse, and I'm not the only person who has said this. So if you're interested in, in, you know, in just plugging and playing, then fine. But if you need a customized web application, something that's modern and cutting edge and it's going to get to the top of the search engines and do exactly what you want it to do, then I really think that there's limitations with that kind of option. So... That brings us to the third and final faction, and that is the world of frameworks. Now, there's a lot of people who will tell you that WordPress is a framework, or Drupal is, or Joomla, and that's fine. Let's not get into semantics. But when I'm talking about, let me use the phrase, real PHP frameworks, I'm talking about things like Zend, Codeigniter, Yee, that's uh, Y-I-I, um, Kohana, you know, uh, oh gee, there's so many, Symphony, uh, PHP Cake, and so on. These are all 
examples of PHP frameworks. And by, you know, I'm talking thoroughbred frameworks. Now, a PHP framework is basically just a system for organizing PHP code. Let's imagine you have um, an online shop, for example, okay? Your online shop is going to have pictures, pictures of products. It's going to have a database with all of the items in it, presumably. And it might have some actual PHP code that maybe calculates how much all of the stuff in the shopping cart is. So you've got different components. Now, with Hippie Commune PHP, if your web developer gets struck by lightning and you hand it to someone else, then good luck figuring out where all of that stuff is. But if you happen to have a web developer who uses a framework, like one of the ones I've just mentioned, then the cool thing is, folks, if anything happens to that web developer, then you just find another web developer who has the same expertise in that framework and theoretically at least the other developer should be able to come in, sit at the desk and immediately start working and building some new cool stuff. This is one of the main benefits of the PHP frameworks I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the good frameworks, you know. Um, there's another few benefits to frameworks. I could really go into this all, all day and all night, but I'll try and keep to some of the main benefits. Another one of the, the benefits to using frameworks is that if, if you when you use a framework to, for example, do form validation. So let's say you've got a contact us form on a website and someone fills it in and it sends you an email. Those forms, those contact forms, are actually like vulnerable points on the website. And it's, it's, it's the forms where all of the hackers and the malicious scripts and all that are going to go. That, that's where they're going to try and break into your website. Um, it's how that stuff works, you know. Here in my little shop, I have a book <laughs> called How to Break Web Software. And it's written by, let me see, it's written by Mike Andrews and James Whitaker, How to Break Web Software. And when you check this book out, and I have checked it out, you'll find that most of the attacks out there involve attacking forms and things like that, you know. Um, but the cool thing is, if you use a framework, let's say something like Codeigniter or Zend or something like that, then you don't really have to worry so much about those kind of attacks because the frameworks have all sorts of pre-built scripts that take care of that side of things for you. So whereas with Hippie Commune PHP guy, you'd be kind of keeping your fingers crossed and hoping that they've they've wrote all of the right form validation stuff and you you hope that the website is secure. When you hire a frameworks guy, you don't have that same concern at least not to the same extent because the frameworks have all sorts of um, filters and whatnot to prevent 
the various types of attacks which may happen. PHP commune people don't have that luxury. They have to write code in themselves. Things like MySQL real escape string, add slashes and all sorts of commands, you know. So the security thing is big as well. I mentioned SEO and that's another thing as well. Um, PHP frameworks some of the good ones anyway are incredibly fast, certainly faster than the sort of Joomla Drupal WordPress options that I've seen. So that's kind of cool as well and you can control every bit of source code that goes out easily and effortlessly so we can all enjoy high rankings on Google which is kind of cool. And actually, it's one of the reasons why for five years, I was the only person on Google who was page one for the phrase web development. For five years, I managed to stay page one for that phrase until I lost interest and moved on to other things. So those are the, the three PHP camps, and I hope I've laid them out for you. Hippie Commune, the kind of Joomla WordPressy, I guess we could call them plug and play, and then the Frameworks community. Those are the three types of PHP kind of um, factions that you should be aware of. And here comes the moral of the story. If you are hiring a PHP developer, to build a system for your website. Now, if it's a wee rubbish website like dcradionetwork.com, it just does some basic stuff, then it doesn't matter what you do. Go with WordPress or Drupal or anything and fine, that's cool. But if you're really seriously planning on building a kind of IT infrastructure, you know, you want your invoices and your entire businesses, your, your account, lead management, and you're serious about this stuff, if you're wanting to be a sort of Bill Gates character, then you really should be hiring a developer who uses frameworks, and I would recommend a PHP framework. Now, there are a variety of PHP frameworks out there. Um, I don't want to go into in detail what I happen to think the best frameworks are. But uh, actually, I've wrote out an article, I wrote it last year, and I wrote you know, th this article about the best PHP frameworks, and I went into it in some detail, and I posted it on the web, and I'll leave the link on the website, you can check that out if you want to have a look at the different options that are available with regards to frameworks. But um, you know, the truth of the matter is, it, it doesn't really matter whether you go with Zend or Codeigniter or Yi or PHP Cake or Kohana or anything like that. It, it doesn't really matter that much because the key thing is, if anything happens to your web developer and it's been built with a framework, you don't have to worry. No more guns being held to the head. No more entrepreneur held to ransom. No more black boxes. And in fact, no more security risks either. Um, I'm going to be finishing up a job tomorrow, which is for a person who's 
website was getting hacked non-stop php it was an online shop and all i've done is i've converted his site to a framework i've done it with one of his sites i'm now doing it with another and he has had no problems with hackers at all so i cannot encourage the whole php frameworks thing enough and uh, that's pretty much it now if you have a web developer who uses, let's say, CodeIgniter or Zend or something, and something happens to that developer and they leave, and then you hire another web developer who uses the same framework. Question, will developer number two be able to sit down and instantly know where everything is and will they code in exactly the same style and will everything be a glorious fairy tale well unfortunately the answer is no even within the world of frameworks there are people you know we're all just human beings you know and everyone even still has their own ways of programming I like to use CodeIgniter, but I use a certain flavour of CodeIgniter called Hierarchical Model View Controller, HMVC. Um, so, you know, we all have our own different ways of working within the frameworks. But here's the cool thing. If anything happens to me, and I've built a site with CodeIgniter, then anyone who needed someone else to take over can go to the CodeIgniter forum in my case and there are over 20,000 people on that forum. Now do you think if you went into a room with 20,000 CodeIgniter developers and said hey guys can anyone help me with this IT system I have a problem do you think anyone might be able to help you? You bet they would of course they would so even though it's not perfect it's light years better than the hippie commune stuff, uh, stuff, and I would also say than the plug-and-play world of Joomla, Drupal, and WordPress. Frameworks is where the action is. Now, um, another, you know, there is a downside to frameworks, and that is that frameworks developers are generally a bit more expensive to hire than your average developers. Now, you, you can go to a site like Elance or Craigslist and you can hire cheap developers, you know, from second and third world countries. Um, you can do that and, and you can sometimes get stuff built quite inexpensively. But I would absolutely discourage you from doing that. I think it's a false economy. And let me tell you, I have actually hired on those sites and I've hired overseas developers in the past myself because I've just been so busy and it has never gone well. It's never, ever gone well. And here's the reason why. I know that we must avoid, uh, we must avoid generalizations, but this is my experience. Learning Hippie Commune PHP or plug-and-play PHP is something that you can do in a matter of a few weeks. So you can take a guy who knows his way around a computer a wee bit and 
you know, quite comfortable with a mouse and keyboard. And if you give them a book, let's say, or you show them a forum, they can start typing away and they can learn PHP really quickly and quite easily. And in a very short space of time, uh, you can start earning money as a PHP developer. But supposing you say to yourself, right, I want to be a Zend developer or something like that. Now, to go from having no knowledge of web development to being a really good, let's say, Zend developer, I reckon it's going to take at least a year. And that's a year of hard work, unpaid and all of that stuff. It probably took me longer than a year to really kind of start to get to grips with these technologies. But let's be charitable and say it takes about a year to learn a framework and learn it really well, assuming we're starting from hello world, you know, from ground zero. Now, here's a question, folks, right? If you lived... Um, I guess I'll just come out with it. If you lived, let's say, in some really poor country, maybe say you lived in a really poverty-stricken part of India or Romania or somewhere like that, and you were struggling to put food on the table and you really were financially challenged, here's a question. Are you going to take one year out to learn how to write and use PHP frameworks, which is kind of difficult to learn. Are you going to take a year out and just stop earning for a year so that you can learn all of that stuff? Or are you going to just spend maybe three weeks reading a book or a forum and just coming out building your own applications, earning money quickly? What's the most attractive option for someone in that scenario? The answer is, of course, the second option. The last thing anyone's going to do if they're, if they're really, really financially challenged, the last thing they're going to do is take a year out like I did. When I was learning uh, PHP frameworks, I went a year and I hardly earned a penny that year and I was just learning and learning. There are times for learning and there are times for earning. You've got to go through a real learning curve to get this stuff down. So, you know, I haven't anything against anyone from any particular country. Um, you know, bless, bless them all. But I'm just saying that it's not practical for a person in that kind of financially challenged environment to take a year out to learn this stuff. And that is why it's a factual experience. I'm terribly sorry, it's a factual experience. Every single time I've gone for the cheap overseas option, the applications have fallen to pieces. The technical support's been nowhere. And when you look at the code, it's a rat's maze. They just don't have the kind of structure in place, you know? So this is why I believe that uh, the whole kind of cheap overseas option is, is a false economy. Those who have gone down that road have, you know, most of the time paid the price for that. I can't actually think of a single example uh, where someone's hired an overseas developer to build an entire IT system 
and it's gone swimmingly well. I cannot think of one example, and folks, I've been doing this for 16 years. So now you have it, and now you know. You know about web development's dirty little secret, or specifically PHP's dirty little secret. You know about the cycle of death. You know how it works. If you happen to know anyone in business, anyone with an IT system, and particularly anyone with a PHP IT system, have a chat with them and ask them, you know, who built your system and how did your site get built and so on. When you have a chat, you'll be amazed, you know, because most of the businesses that I see out there, especially the ones using PHP, they're all on different stages of the cycle of death. Folks, this is everywhere. And there are businesses going under today. This very day, businesses shall go under because of the IT cycle of death. All of their sites are breaking. Their invoice systems don't work. Nothing's working. Then mortgages are on the line and businesses are going down the tube. So there you have it. And now you know. This has been another fun-packed edition of the David Connolly Show. Thank you so much for listening. I have to tell you something. I'll give you a quick confession before I go. You know, I have no idea who's listening to this. I don't even know if anyone's listening to this. Am I just talking to myself? I don't know. But if you are listening to this, and if this means anything to you, then I would really, really love to hear from you. There's, there's all sorts of contact forms and what have you on the site, so... Um, please do get in touch and let me know your thoughts on any of this. I'll be glad to read anything out on uh, on the, the show itself. And um, even if it's negative, I'll be delighted to hear from you as well. So I do hope to hear from you soon. Thanks a lot for giving me your time and attention. Um, next weekend, I'm going to be back on with a social media marketing guru from America and he's going to be giving us his predictions, his top 10 predictions I think it is, for the future of social media marketing. So don't miss that, tune in for that, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Thank you very much indeed and I shall see you soon. Bye!